Welcome back to the Inside Dog Movie Podcast. Uh, this week we're talking about The Town, which is directed by and starring Ben Affleck. And uh, you might notice something a little different. Uh, this shot is much closer. We felt like we wanted you to feel like you were sitting right next to us. We wanted more of an intimate feel, without the creepy way that I said it. Um, so, we're trying something new out. Let us know what you think. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about The Town today. And uh, then we're going to go into um, a couple of topics. We're going to talk about uh, director-turned-actor. We're going to talk about uh, Boston and how it relates to film, and Boston as a place in film now. And uh, then we're going to talk about, if we have time, heist movies. Um, so, The Town starred uh, Ben Affleck, Rebecca Hall, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner, Blake Lively, uh, Pete uh, Apostlewaite, and Chris Cooper for a little while. And it's basically about a uh, group of bank robbers who live in Charlestown, Boston. And um, I said that like Boston's a state. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of like Brooklyn, New York. They live in Charlestown, Boston. And uh, they go and they rob a bank and they uh, take Rebecca Hall's character, Clara Kesey, uh, hostage without her knowing. And then they uh, follow her around and... Um, Ben Affleck's character kind of falls in love with her as the FBI chases after him. And um, don't want to give anything away, but it's a gritty crime movie about Boston bank robbers. <laughs> so we're going to go into our general review now. And Under the premise that bank robbery in Boston is a family uh, tradition. That's like the big premise of the film. I in thought Charleston. everyone knew that. I'm sorry no, I didn't mention in that. Charleston. Yeah, yeah, in Charleston. In Charleston, yeah. Well, yeah. well, specifically Charleston. Yeah. Like, this was a very specific suburb of Boston, which I thought was a brilliant way to open up the movie because mm -hmm. um, it starts off by just introducing this history of this section of town. So already you're really getting into the feel of the neighborhood and just getting a sense of what it's like right there. I thought it was just a brilliant way to start off the movie. It wasn't just like any old heist film. It was like, man, we're going to see, like, families and, like, into, into the people who are involved in this. So that was something that I really enjoyed. It was, uh, it was, I would actually compare that to the beginning of Departed, where you kind of get a sense of the family and, like, there's a family-run business and, and there are a lot of different characters there. So it, it was a great intro for me. And, uh, you think the movie kept up? Like, no. give, give me a review. No, nope, it went all downhill from... There. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. No, I, I actually. Expected turn. <laughs> I think I think that it had so much potential from there, and it was it was really good. I love the supporting cast. I love the directing that uh, that uh, Ben Affleck uh, did. But um, I felt that I felt that him in the lead role it just did not work out. It was he was not strong enough as a as a lead actor to be able to to keep keep everything together like I, I just could not trend with him for all these different emotions all the conflicts that he was supposed to be having with trying to hold this team together to want to leave and lead a better life and to fall in love with this woman like all these things that were happening I just could not I, I just could not get the click in there like the supporting cast was great really loved uh, Jeremy Renner uh, supporting uh, supporting guy and John Hamm they were both amazing they're just great great Characters. Even even Rebecca Hall was okay, 
you know, but uh, I would say that Ben Affleck was the weak link of that movie, and and uh, afterwards, I just I kept on asking myself, I wonder how this movie would have been like if Leonardo DiCaprio was leading this movie and not Ben Affleck. Well, I was I was distracted by Ben Affleck in the lead role for almost the entire movie. I just I just found it distracting, um, and I kept thinking, you know, this should have been somebody else should have been cast in this role. Like I just wish Ben Affleck had stayed out of it. Um, and I think it's interesting what you said about Rebecca Hall. That she was just okay because she was the only one in this movie that I wasn't distracted by. Mm. Like she was, her performance was the only one that I wasn't distracted by. Mm. All the other performances, I thought it's, it seemed like they were trying hard to be very intense mm. all the time. And uh, I, my first thought coming out of the theater was that every role should have been played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> Because it seemed like it seemed like everybody was trying to channel Robert De Niro, mm. except for Rebecca Hall. Yeah. Do Do you think Ben Affleck could have been a distraction because you knew he was the director? Uh, probably that was part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I had known he was the director, then I I, I would have just thought it was a mediocre, lead performance. But because I knew he was the director, I wished that as a director he had cast somebody else mm-hmm. in that lead role. Steve, how'd you feel about it? Um, I didn't have the problems as far as uh, the actors being distracting that you guys had. Um, I thought Ben Affleck gave not a great performance, but a decent performance. Um, and I thought everybody gave a decent performance. But overall, I thought it was just, I was just kind of bored with it. There were, even the action scenes were interesting, but they were few and far between. I just I never really felt engaged in the movie. And I was, I, I kept trying to, even during the movie, I was like, why, why aren't I more into this? And I have no, I still don't know. I've been thinking about it since. I don't know why it didn't engage me more. But it just didn't. And I, I think part of it is, and this is going back to what you're saying, is that the first thing they did was they set it up as taking place in Charlestown. Mm-hmm. And the significance of that, that this is a breeding ground for, um, generation to generation bank robbers. Um, but then I felt like they didn't go into showing that community. Uh, yeah. Most of the movie was focused on Ben Affleck and Rebecca Hall and yeah. their relationship. Yeah, a little too much of that. And not that, I mean, that relationship was fine, but um, I really wish they'd gone into showing more of the families. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sh- there's shots of like a barbecue and, and this and that, mm-hmm. but they're just they're almost incidental to the plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and then even at the end, at the very end of the movie, they had this text go up on screen that say saying this movie pretty much, you know, we ignored. Uh, did, did you guys see this? No, we didn't see the end. Yeah, the text again in the movie, a little paragraph that said oh, this movie, yeah. this movie ignores. I forget what I said, but all the good, hardworking people living in this area in Charlestown, oh, and we yeah. just want to acknowledge that these people exist. <laughs> and my thought was like, well, why didn't why didn't you show, show that? that they exist? Uh, why didn't wow. you yeah. acknowledge in film? Yeah, right. I mean, this was supposed to be basically a. Uh, this is where I grew up. This mm-hmm. is no. the kind of place I grew up in, no. and an eight mile, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, exactly. I mean. And it didn't really, yeah, it didn't really do, please stop doing that. It, <laughs> it didn't really do that. Mr. Fistbucket. 
I will say I was looking forward to the cast of this. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Ben Affleck so much as an actor, but um, I was looking forward to it, and I wasn't. I wasn't let down. Everybody really held their own. Um, I was telling Tom when he came out that it, I feel really bad for Jeremy Renner because he seems like a really nice guy, but he's pit up against Ben Affleck and John Hamm, and in this movie, he just looks ugly as hell. <laughs> he is what is like in this movie. He just looks awful, and I, I feel Ben Affleck and John Hamm have those chiseled. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I just feel really bad for it. He just made him all all the more despicable as a character. <laughs> I don't think I ugly don't people are despicable. Yeah, really. Like, I have no problem that. hanging out with you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would see. I mean, yeah, included, yeah. I mean, just, I, that, and unfortunately, that was one of the things I was thinking about for the movie because I wasn't engaged. In it. Wow. So, really, that's where your mind goes. I yeah. thought I thought he great. Yeah, I, I thought he gave a great performance. I really enjoyed no, I agree. As a, as a character, and I, you know, when he was on the screen, I was engaged. When John Hamm was on the screen. I was engaged, and they had great one-liners and all this other stuff that was yeah. going on. I agree with you that it was really intense. I think that was part of what they're going for. I think they're going for some of the De Niro thing, the whole departed thing. I'm, and I'm probably going to make a lot of comparisons, and I'm fairly so. I understood so. that, that was what that's what they were going for. Yeah, and they're going for it, but the thing is Ben Affleck just could not hold his own. He cannot hold a light to these other people who are in this movie. And, and like I said, just the range and diversity of emotions that's, that, that he should have brought mm-hmm. to that character, he just could not do it. Um, I mean, there were elements of this movie where he's interacting with his dad, you know, in prison, and like that was not as powerful as it could have been. You know, him interacting with the florist, talking about the family thing, again, not as powerful or significant as it should have mm-hmm. been. Which I thought those were the two best scenes of the movie. They were good. In my mind. They yeah. were good. Not good mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, for, for me, I thought, it goes back to what you said about they needed more of the family to Charlestown. And I think that when he is with the florist, played by Pete Postlewaite, um, that's a really good scene. When he figures out that his mom, you know, was at, had, oh, had yeah. actually just been killed. And you see, you do that. that's the one moment when we see a little bit of his, his, his acting chops because he's just, his face is just shaking, just twitching mm-hmm. a little bit. Just enough that, that you can see he's restraining himself. Yeah. Um, and the scene with Chris Cooper, that one scene with his dad yeah, he's only in, in that prison, one scene yeah, is really, it's, it's really good because it ties you back into that this, with what his dad is talking to him about, you know, you, you, you can't get out. His dad just wants to know if he, he asks him, you know, is there heat on you? His dad wants, that, like, figures that's why he would leave. His dad can't comprehend that he would just want to leave, that he would want to get out. His dad probably, I, I, I get the sense that his dad almost kind of expects his son to eventually be in prison. Yeah. Mm. That a lot of these people expect themselves to be they're going to be dead or in prison. And when we would get looks at that, it'd be really interesting. My issue with the film was that it didn't, kind of, it lends to what you said, it doesn't thematically have a strong focus. It doesn't, That's also true. Yeah. you know, it doesn't have, it has these little points, but it never, I don't know what the thematic point of the entire film was. Mm. Um, I think I really, I just had never, I struggled with that. I, I, I knew, I know what they were going for thematically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I mean, the idea that crime is more of a, it's more of a cultural thing than, you know, it's, it's built into the culture of this area. Yeah. Um, 
So I understand that's, but it, you're right. It was never really brought out in the movie. Like you said, it was focused more on their relationship, and it ended up being more of a uh, romantic movie about these two people than anything. Well, Ben Affleck did direct this, and it's a good transition into um, actors turned into directors. A movie that does have very strong, very haunting thematic overtones all the way through is Gone Baby Gone. Mm-hmm. And he I think, which he also directed, and he does not put himself in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I do not think, is on the scale of Gone Baby Gone. No. I think that the, the tone, it's it's good, but it doesn't leave me with anything. Mm. I think it's a very well-made movie. I would actually recommend it to people. I would say it's a good heist movie. Yeah. You know? It's not going to give you much more than that, though. Mm. If you're looking for... And the thing was, I was expecting something more than yeah. that. Yeah. This, this movie yeah. is skillfully made. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's a skillfully made movie. It's just, um, you know, it's just missing something. Yeah. But there is, I feel like they had they had that stronger theme sitting right in front of them, and yeah. they all but ignored it in favor of <clears throat> this one character trying to mm-hmm. get out. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's let's talk about actors turned directors here. So how do you feel like? Let's well, that's what I mean. I, yeah. Then you could see. Ben Affleck, as a director, is did talented. this well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His directing skill is good. Um, but that, as far as him as an actor, he didn't, you know, I, he wasn't distracting for me, but he mm-hmm. didn't grab me. So then um, we're willing to compare that to say what, there are some critics who say the same thing about Clint Eastwood now, that he's much better when he is not in his movie. Do you think it's the same kind I, of comparison? I think that's true to an extent because I think that Clint Eastwood's best movie is Letters from Iwo Jima. Okay. And he's nowhere near near, near in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there's even almost no star power in that movie at all. Yeah. Uh, I think Kamala Adenabe is the biggest name in that movie, and most people don't know his name. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I, I think it's interesting because a lot of actors turn directors like. Uh, the movie, like Kevin Costner made Dances with Wolves. Mm-hmm. Dances with Wolves is a great movie. Mm-hmm. And he's um, in it. And no. he's in it. No. Uh, Kenneth Branagh. <clears throat> Hamlet. Um, he's amazing. Clint Eastwood's movies that he's directed and stars in are great movies. Uh, Gone Baby Gone was a great movie, but I didn't feel like the town was. And I think that's, that's the difference, is that Ben Affleck directing Ben Affleck doesn't seem to be on par with Kevin Costner directing Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. or Brana directing Brana. Has Costner done anything, directed anything, without himself in it? Mm, not that I know. He did Dances with Wolves. He did Open Range. Open Range. He did Postman. 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 Yeah. Which wasn't a huge Water success. No. He directed um, Water and dropped out when he realized, <laughs> blamed it on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um... Clint Eastwood is obviously the big name for actors turned directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just because he has, in some ways, um, accomplished more. Well, he's a prolific one too. Yeah, he's, he's really a prolific, prolific director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's also, I would, I would argue, one of the best American directors right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, gosh, um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember this other guy. Um, Denzel Washington has directed no. two movies, I believe. 
And he did, uh... Did The Great Debaters. Which he was in. Yeah. And he did, um... Boom, Derek Luke. John Favreau. John Favreau. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting... Yeah, yeah. I think he's much Swingers. better as a... Yeah, Swingers and did a couple others with... What's his name? Tall, skinny guy who's no it's longer skinny. It's Vaughn. Yeah. It's, it's um, good to bring him up. I think that's a little different. Because yeah. Swingers was his breakout movie. Yeah. But he also directed... He directed wrote and started that one. Yeah. He, he directed and wrote and oh, started okay. Swingers. And Swingers okay. is like his breakout hit. Yeah. So he's a little more of a... And he started out that way. Mm-hmm. Almost like as an auteur. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, even Kevin Smith, to the point. I mean, he wasn't the star of Clerks, but he was in it. So right. he did direct himself. Yeah, and wrote it. Different. So yeah. there is, uh, I mean, he is, and he is an actor outside of directing. Right. He's been in films that he is not directed. Yeah. It's so like John Favreau. Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. the difference between John Favreau actually starred in, and I think he was good in the movies that he starred in, but I, I see him better as being a director. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, and I like him as a supporting actor. As opposed and to I actually think Ben Affleck is a good supporting actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and that's maybe that's where he that's yeah. where he shines. Yeah. He's yeah. well, awesome. a director in state of play. He's awesome in that. Yeah. Well, in Google okay. Hunting. Google Hunting. No. No. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, we just we talked about Clint Eastwood, um, who made I think his best movie. You said Letters from. You're gonna say Mystic River. I'm gonna say Mystic River. Yeah. He made Mystic River, which I think is his best movie. And I would say that was my first experience with like a Boston movie, mm-hmm. and that for me kind of defines what a Boston movie is. Um, and Did so, Mystic River come out before Good Will Hunting? No, 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 no. I didn't but, think so. But I don't feel like Good Will Hunting takes place in Boston. Mm-hmm. Sure, has Boston accents, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Its main focus is not Boston. It's about getting out of Boston. It's about getting out of Boston. It's also about... Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, and ac- academia, which is somewhat... Some people would say it's very Boston culture. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's so much more about those characters and those stories. Mystic River, you know, has those shots of kind of the gritty Boston um, mm-hmm. that kind of redefine... You know, mm-hmm. for me, Good Will Hunting is more about these people trying to find themselves and not so much about yeah, you know, I think, Boston. I well, think Boston culture and Boston... Oh, I guess it's just that's a good comparison because <laughs> that's all there is to talk about when it comes Sorry. to Boston. <laughs> that's a good comparison because whereas I felt like the town didn't go into the culture enough, mm-hmm. Goodwill Hunting, yeah, went into it, yes, yeah. well, and it's mm-hmm. a different part of Boston because you're talking about the Southie, what mm-hmm. they're calling the Southies, yep, um, and I think they depicted that culture well, mm-hmm. you know, and that was written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck wrote this too with some help. Town. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Good Will Hunting came out in 97. And yeah. that's the first one I can think back to that was really brought Boston. That's the one I think Boston was, the, Boston was like, a, like a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The birth of the, the Boston movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the first I can think of. Yeah. And that wasn't a crime movie. No, no it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, that's... They were criminals. So. No. The screenplay was actually originally intended as a spy thriller. Yeah, they wrote the screenplay as a spy thriller, and someone someone told them it was crap, so they took the first 15 minutes of the movie and made it an entire movie. Seriously? Wow. Seriously, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. So the first 15 minutes of the movie was him 
this genius who goes off to be a spy gets discovered and goes off to be a spy. So basically, Ben Affleck found drafts of this in his sock drawer and decided to make the town. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. This uh, isn't a. The town is not a spy, Phil. Well, no. But no, how does this um, how does this movie resonate? Gone Baby Gone is definitely a Boston movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Departed. Yes. The yeah, Departed. It's definitely a Boston yeah, movie. Is. I'm trying to think. Any, anything adapted from, from a Dennis Lehane novel. Anything from Dennis Lehane. Shutter Island, Shutter? in some ways, because yeah. mm. it starts in Boston, but I feel like Shutter Island really moves away. Well, it's an island off of Boston, Boston. but they're Bostonian characters. So. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But and for me, it's it is kind of interesting that when we think Boston movies, it's for me. I first thought crime movies. I thought Mystic River. <laughs> I thought The Departed, mainly because that's what's kind of come about. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I've also thought they have a sense of their in the way that. <clears throat> Scorsese did The Departed, but in a way that Scorsese's crime films like Taxi Driver um, and Raging Bull uh, used crime crime and violence to revise our vision of Americana. Mm-hmm. I think that the Boston film does that as well, because Boston is, in some ways, a Philadelphia of sorts. You know, It, ha- it has a sense of a very American city. The yeah. American, yeah. deep yeah. American It, it is one of the most important cities in, in the founding of America. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting because when you look at the other major cities that films usually take place in, we're talking about New York and in L.A., maybe sometimes a little bit of Chicago. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Chicago, that's that's mostly like crime. Once again, crime films. Yeah. Right, but, but uh, what New York and L.A. have going for them is that they have more than just crime. I mean, you always hear about LAPD and YPD, so there, there is that crime genre, mm-hmm. uh, but there's other stuff. I mean, I mean, New York is, is a place to go if you want to make it big. You want monsters to destroy the yeah, city. Yeah, monsters, entertainment, fashion. You have a lot of stuff in, sports in New movie, York. Got sports movies. Sports, yeah. Well, you got you got the Jimmy Fallon movie over in uh, in Boston, right? You do Spring been, Fever. Yeah, Spring mm-hmm. Fever. You got yeah, that I've one. Seen it. Yeah, but <laughs> no one really cares about that. Andrew Barrymore. Yeah. yeah. So it's right, and and in L.A., I mean, you have L.A. You have Hollywood. You got a lot of you got a lot of stories about. Hollywood. Right, and yeah. A lot of insider stories, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then just West Coast, like just California as like a whole entire uh, uh, plot location, you know. But when you when you when you break it down to something like Chicago, like Chicago like maybe have jazz and crime, like you don't have that much more going for it. Now Boston's kind of the same thing unless you're talking about um, college campuses. So like mm-hmm. maybe like a beautiful mind and MIT Harvard, like I those, forgot that. yeah. Okay. So, so you have those, like those are the other characteristics they have there. Unless, unless you go all the way back, like for history, like Boston Tea Party, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it, it makes it a, it gives it a narrower range of, of what to look at um, in within Boston. But what I do appreciate is that uh, we're being introduced through all these Boston movies about the different suburbs of Boston. Yeah. You know, I mean, in New York, you know about Queens, you know, coming to America, right? You know about Brooklyn, the Bronx, you know about all these different things. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm hearing about Salvi's, which I've never heard of before. You know, yeah, and, and I don't even know what uh, the actual geographical name of the place is. I just know that Southies come from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure and, making it up I mean, they, laughing yeah, at us. They made Southies a, don't yeah, exist. Yeah, they made a big deal about it in, uh, in Departed, right? Leonardo DiCaprio came from was right, Southie, right, right. and that was yeah. a really big thing. And, uh, and, and it was mentioned again here in the town. So I'm very curious. I feel like there's so much culture that's being alluded to mm-hmm. in these movies 
but but it's more aimed almost towards like the insiders. It's like a tribute to to people who live in Boston, and it's like, yeah, we get it. We know what you're talking about. But you know, half the time when you're talking about all these different things, and in their Boston accent, I don't even know what they're saying. I'm like, wow, like what did I just yeah. miss there? Especially you know? in the town, I noticed yeah. there was yeah. a lot of, a lot of dialogue. I was like, Some of them, I don't know yeah. what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. it was almost like I yeah. needed subtitles. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I know mm-hmm. I needed subtitles. So it was definitely very interesting to me from that aspect because I feel like there's there's so much richness there that that needs to be delved into and investigated, just so I can appreciate that movie more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any other city that besides L. A. New York? I mean, Chicago, L. A. New York, Chicago, Chicago gets Chicago. movies. Chicago gets movies every once in a great while, but not. We used to get a lot more, but we lost much. our love affair with Al Capone and yeah. the gangster movies. Well, I think the thing with New York and L. A. is because they're cultural. So coastal cultural centers mm-hmm. and offices, and a lot of people making movies and, and TV shows are from those yeah. two cities. Mm-hmm. So Boston is a lot more uh, specific, mm-hmm. and Chicago is a lot more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're, you're definitely right about Dennis Lehane because he pretty much only writes about Boston, mm-hmm. and so they made one movie of his, and so they started adapting. So he's had a big effect. Seattle, but, maybe. Oh, well, other other American movies that well, like Sleepless in Seattle, like that's no, the one I think. <laughs> Seattle does tend, tend to get romantic comedies, though. Seattle yeah. tends to have more of the romantic. Sure. I'm just trying to think of other yeah. cities that you might get are present enough. Miami, Miami, Miami. That's, that's more like crime and drugs and yeah, you know, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. A, a, yeah. a lot of times, cities they they go to the big cities in movies, no. but the movies like when you mentioned it was the first movie. That Boston was really a character. Right. There's not a lot of places where the city is a character. Vegas, yeah. sometimes. I mean, yeah. when you're talking about like maybe Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's Thirteen, the Hangover. Yeah. The hangover. Sure. Well, Vegas city. might be one that's overdue for an actual showing because people uh, live Vegas. there. Yeah. Yeah. People who just live and there. That would be really. Almost every movie I've seen, every movie I can think of that takes place in Vegas is all about you know takes place on the strip in the casinos. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Hmm. So it might be interesting. Some of those, many other cities to see more of mm-hmm. the people who actually live there. Yeah. Yeah. Did it you was, hear that, directors? Yeah, yeah. And we want yeah. to catch. Yeah, I, I mean, even, even with, uh, even with swingers, like they, they introduced a little bit of, uh, you know, these actresses who, or people who That's go point, yeah. to go to Las Vegas and, they, and they're trying to make it big. So even that was an interesting glimmer, and I, and I want, I want to know more. Yeah, you know, so that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, CSI. San, Fra- San Francisco used to be a city that got a lot of movies made about it. Yeah. Because it was near L.A., and I feel like Hollywood was like, let's not Dirty talk Harry. about L.A., let's go to San Francisco. Actually, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dirty Harry. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, San Francisco certainly has a lot of character. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I feel like middle America is just like a whole other thing. It's like just a conglomerate, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, and you have all those quaint little farm folk in the middle of the country. Well, you somewhere. got the Coen brothers taking care of those folks. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> literally, literally killing them. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Why did we let them do that? <laughs> True grit. Woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, you know, that, that's just an point. Areas like that, like, then they're just the South. Yeah. And then there's middle America. Yeah, then there, exactly. Yeah, the yeah. North. The well, the areas. south is just a bunch of red murderous hillbillies that want to chop you up and put you in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. pretty much. That's why I stay According to the movies, not, yeah. not me. Yeah. <laughs> now we know how you really feel. <laughs> pretty much from West Virginia down to yeah. Louisiana. Oh, New Orleans. Down there. New, Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans sometimes. New Orleans will have like a character feel to it just because it's 
from New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. yeah. He's such a character anyway. You usually have a character yeah. from New Orleans, from though. New Orleans. Nobody actually wants to go there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would love Deja to. Deja Vu was actually one that, yeah. um, after Katrina, mm-hmm. they actually specifically picked uh, um, Tony Scott and Denzel Washington, specifically picked New Orleans to shoot in mm-hmm. um, to kind of get the economy going again. But okay. then it was very much, there was a lot of New Orleans culture. In that, with the you know some of the mm-hmm. jazz and all that, mm-hmm. that makes yeah. Sci-fi, that. But, uh, what movie was that? Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. I gotta go check it out. It's mm-hmm. good. It is. Yeah, it was it's good sci-fi movie. actually. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're at a time limit for this, so um, we want time to talk about heist films. Um, oh darn. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some of you might have really wanted to hear what we have to say about heist films, um, oh. but honestly. The heists were kind of the most boring part about the town. I think so. we can all agree that Reservoir Dogs is the best heist film ever. So. No. No. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. As I was going to say, the, the, anyway, town, the town is no heat. Actually, now I'm kind of interested. <laughs> now, now I'm thinking Dog Day Afternoon, and I'm yeah. thinking Inside Man, I'm thinking Ocean's Eleven. Italian Job. The Italian Job. That's not really that great. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Though. The Michael Caine one is fun, but it's not really that great. No. Yeah. So now I kind of want to... Oh no! Yeah. But we're not gonna do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One one other thing I wanted to point out about the Boston slash heist thing is that I really liked the car chase scene um, because because they're narrow yes. streets. I lo- I did like that they were the narrow street car chase. Yeah. yeah and which, that they would you would actually see them break and that they would actually be concerned. Uh, it was shot well, yeah. but we were talking about this, and my problem with it is that uh, they got away. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it almost yeah, made, it was it, also my biggest problem. It almost made, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little mm-hmm. How often do criminals actually really get away in a car chase? Especially going through downtown. <laughs> oh my and gosh. Yeah. And, and then and, and switching vehicles. No. Yeah. yeah. And then they run into the cop, who just, which I thought was kind of powerful. Scene, just that was a good scene. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was he powerful. Just decides to I like that scene. Mm-hmm. But really, all I'm going to remember about the movie is a bunch of nuns with automatics and <laughs> That's really all I'm going to remember about this movie for probably in a few years. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to our flick chart segment next. Uh, we're going to do flick chart. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to go into our flick chart segment. Uh, Flickchart.com is a website that basically gives you two movies and you pick which one's better, and it builds your rankings for you. You're going to count Incidental Dog uh, as a profile name, and we're going to add the town to our rankings now. So it's going to match the town for three random movies. The first one is Full Metal Jacket. This is uh, this was an easy one for me because I think, as you guys know, I am a uh, one of those people who just loves Kubrick and just think that he could have made... But you do hate America. So... I do, but that's the name of a film, not that country, <laughs> only South America. So. What are you guys talking What's your about? Point? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, even, oh, for, okay. for me, yeah. the, the, this is a very easy one for me. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket, hands down. One of the great war movies, um, I think an easy Stanley Kubrick to watch and enjoy, but an easy one to watch. And it just has so much more depth than the town does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, Full Metal Jacket is uh, oh. unfortunately engaging movie. 
Yeah. Whereas the town is not. Really I'm not quite as big on Full Metal Jacket as a lot of people are. And I, 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 I really like the first half of the movie. I think this is my problem with it. It feels like two movies to me. And I, I watched the first half of the movie, which I thought was a lot more engaging than the second half. The first half takes place at boot camp, and then the second half actually takes place in Vietnam. And I really enjoyed the first half. And then after that, I just kind of... It wasn't as good to me. Yeah. yeah. The, the second half of Full My Jacket, the reason I really like it, is because it is not a typical Vietnam movie. Right. In, in a sense that Vietnam warfare, we normally think of jungle warfare. And okay. we... So to me, Full Metal Jacket gives you a completely different look at Vietnam, with the, yeah. especially with the Tet Offensive and the fact that there was a fair amount of urban warfare. Um, and I mean, the scene where they just in that in the second where they they had the one sniper who's taking them out, and they just all decide there's maybe like twelve guys whatever just start shooting randomly, and you just see them unload on this building, you know, and it's just thousands and thousands of bullets you just see the building just exploding like needlessly and they're just firing for almost no they're just spraying bullets yeah that that scene to me is kind of just like to me it's that's Kubrick's take on war in so many ways hmm. it's just the, the beginning is preparation for war and the second half is Kubrick showing us what war looks is like. yeah it actually looks like well the second half of the movie is also lacking Arlie Ermey and Vincent D'Onofrio yeah, yeah, which are like the two most memorable performances from that movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're both only at the boot camp segment. Yeah. So I don't know, it just it loses something for me after they yeah. leave boot camp. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more time on that one, though. The, the second half of the movie just wasn't as strong for me, and uh, it was hard for me to maintain my interest. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, with looking at these two, mm-hmm. like, I have to go Full Metal Jacket over it. Yeah, I'll definitely go Full Metal Jacket, though. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, easy. Oh, that's an easy one. So Full Metal Jacket is defeating the town. The next one we have is the town versus Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm. Oh. See, so I loved Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I loved it. It was just really entertaining all the way through. And, I mean, I didn't try to take it as being, like, too meaningful or too deep or whatever. It was just pure entertainment. So I have to I have to vote for that one. It's definitely a very fun and well-made yeah. spy film. Yeah. Great chemistry yeah. between everyone, you know. Um, I would, every time I watch it, I'm very much drawn in to that world, and uh, you know, as unbelievable as it was, it just like I, I was drawn in. I was not distracted. Yeah, that's a movie where the lead performances really carry the film. Yeah, yeah. Without definitely Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, it wouldn't have worked. That movie would have fallen apart. It would yeah. not have been. Huh? The, the action is really well done. Yeah, comedic timing. Oh my spot gosh! On. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I wish it had, had a climax. Was that? I wish it had a climax, though. That's my only beef with it. Is that it doesn't have a climax. Um, there's that end scene where they're with the shootout. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of store. Yeah. It, it just kind of cuts to them at back at the therapist. And it, it's a great ending for the film. <laughs> but I just wish there was a climax. I wanted to see how they got out of it. You know? Yeah, I do. Um, oh my god. And also because the other action scenes were so good. Yeah. No. That end action scene is it's good. Yeah. But it just it feels like another one of the very good yeah. action scenes. Yeah. And like I get it. Mm-hmm. They, they obviously they escape, they're the heroes, whatever. No. But... You know, that's kinda of problem with the town. There's there's not so much a climax. They rob mm. Boston, you know Fenway Park. Fen gosh, I'm sorry. They, <laughs> they rob Fen- Fenway Park, which I thought was kinda of cool. 
I thought that's yeah. a decent idea, yeah. robbing Fenway. I definitely Park. enjoyed that idea. Yeah, yeah um, and it. I thought that was a legitimate way for them to get the Red Sox into the film because I know <laughs> like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon like and how much they just love the Red Sox and they want to shoot Fenway. Yeah, no. I thought that was a really good way to do that. Mm-hmm. And so some of the history and show actually shoot inside Fenway. No, that's true. Um, but it wasn't much of a. That should be a big, rousing. I thought, cool actually, I thought that was actually a pretty big climatic scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the characters are being taken out one by one, and that final shot of Jeremy Renner, wow. his final stand so was, was brutal. brutal. That was yeah, brutal. his stand was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they show him get shot in the face, yeah. which is something you don't see. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty horrific scene. I, I actually, that's one of the scenes in the movie that I enjoyed the most, but. Uh, I guess maybe there wasn't enough tension built up to it, but during the entire thing, the other, the other thing that I didn't, I, and maybe it's the entire end of the film because he does kind of get away, yeah. you know. Yeah. I feel like there's almost no there's he he loses his friends, but he personally doesn't experience a lot of consequences. His life is okay, even yeah. though he's done all these things. Yeah. Um, and the film, most of it, the entire point is that nobody gets away, and so my mind, I'm asking myself. What has he done to yeah he doesn't to get away the yeah. redemption that yeah, yeah. Even, exactly. even though he doesn't you know okay he's he's nice to the girl um, he doesn't kill people but to me that's not enough no. the the other two guys don't he even does the, kill the, the driver yeah, he, he has yeah. no problem shooting at cops no not even just cops I mean he was shooting at the one guy in the truck I mean yeah he went pretty ballistic mm-hmm. in the last scene mm-hmm. that's actually interesting because we talked about this a little bit. Um, how you said you you weren't expecting such an action movie. Yeah. And I'm now thinking that the the action scenes are the parts that I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. And in between was a lot less engaging. Mm-hmm. No. No, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. So anyways, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, Mrs. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. 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 It's, that, it's, yeah. A, it's an enjoyable... I, I can't say that it's a movie that I would choose to watch just for fun, on my own again. But the first time through, I enjoyed it. I was engaged. I, it, you know, it's a movie it, it was, I wanted I enjoyed to watching. watch again. But I've never been able to bring myself to do it because there's other movies that I feel like are better that I haven't seen yet. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've actually exactly. I've yeah. seen it a couple it's, times, and the second time I watched it, kind of validated for me that it was a good movie. No, really? The first time. No. Yeah. The first time I watched it, and I thought it was a good movie, but then you know, I was thinking, well, maybe it was just because. It's a fun. It's definitely a fun movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know if a second viewing would stand up to that. Well, that's the thing. On my second viewing, it, it did stand up for you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So same with me. I've seen it four or five times now, and right. it's still as good as it was. Watches it every Friday. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would actually. I would definitely pick Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mr. Mrs. Yeah. Smith. Yeah. yeah. I'd. I'd go. I'd go with Mr. and Mrs. Smith over there. No doubts. Are we all going with that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I feel bad because it seems like we're like really slamming the town. It it was was, you know it's going to be below Resident Evil. Well, this will help. (laughs) Yeah, this will. (laughs) We have Peter Jackson's King Kong uh, versus the town. I despise Peter Jackson's King Kong. I think it is an awful movie. You're an awful movie. You don't even see. I don't want to watch the movie of your life. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't either. But it's not bad. Uh, no, it's you don't even get to see King Kong forever. Um, I thought most of the fun of it, though. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's like watching Jaws. 
Not not when you're going yeah. to a Peter Jackson movie. Um, it is what? long. It is long. Okay. And yeah, definitely. I, long. I I feel like yeah. the the dialogue is terrible. Absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Most of the acting, except for Adrian Brody, is awful. Um, I think Naomi Watts is great. Naomi Watts is great. I, I, I love Naomi, Naomi yeah, Watts she's too. And I didn't she like. Is pretty. Uh, she is pretty. Nice. <laughs> uh, she's, she's really cute in this movie too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about Naomi Watts. <laughs> I have a Naomi Watts podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about yeah. the ring and Twenty One Grams. No, no, I just want to talk about Naomi Watts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just and Jack Black was. Distracting. Horrible. Did not like him. No. Um, the only scenes in this movie that I enjoyed were the scenes that Peter Jackson is good at. The tense sort of they are definitely gonna die in the scene and somehow they escape. And it seems believable. Mm-hmm. That's what Peter Jackson's really good at. The whole the bug hole. Oh, yeah, the bug hole awesome. when the dinosaurs never left dinosaurs are trying to trample them, it's like, there's no way. Oh my gosh, the three Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Yeah, yeah that, oh the, the three Tyrannosaurus awesome. I really liked that scene. I love that and scene. But, oh, everything oh. else in this movie was just, oh, I couldn't stand it. I love the climax at the end in New York. Yeah. I yeah. love the chase scene no, in New York. I hated no. that. You know? I, was, I actually, and, and this is this is blasphemous, I know, but I actually enjoy this version more than the original. Wow. Yeah. I agree. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, th- I like think um, it takes right. too long getting to the island. It, yeah, it, it's a bit no. it's a bit overdrawn drawn, drawn out too much. Um, but Kong is such. I mean, he did the same thing he did with Gollum in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Kong is such its own character. Yeah, so much emotion. Yes, um, which you know wasn't in the original version. I mean, you felt mm-hmm. sympathy for Kong in the original, but they just mm-hmm. couldn't do that back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I'm. I don't want to say I'm a King Kong apologist. I'm a King Kong defender. I I really like King Kong. I got out of it and I said, yeah, I spent three hours. It was long, but this was also post Lord of the Rings, so I was saying like, I'm okay watching three hours. Yeah. But I think yeah. there's as long as the three hours are good. They were uh, good. Yeah, they, they were good. Yeah, yeah. it was a good three hours too. I mean, sorry, yeah. right, but I came out of feeling like I'd seen. How often do you get? An adventure epic on that yes. scale. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely. It was definitely yeah. epic. I, I, definitely, definitely I, definitely have, I, I definitely think it has major flaws. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it is such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. When I watch it again, there's moments where I'm like, nobody watching? I think I can fast forward. I think I can just yeah. not. <laughs> but well, most of the film... When I, I look at these two movies, there are more parts of the town that are well-made than King Kong. There are more flaws to King Kong than there are to the town. Um, and so, I mean, the town is a better movie mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in favor of King Kong. King Kong, yeah, King Kong, this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, so, like you just go right ahead. Sorry, the town. Yeah. I'm gonna start stamping my feet. <laughs> Anybody else have anything they want to say? Last minute thoughts on this? All right, King Kong beats King Kong. King Kong. Are you channeling your Boston accent? <laughs> yeah, that was King Kong Paktika. <laughs> <laughs> You knew. Down to Boston. Sorry. So the town. Gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, now we're going to do. We're going to do a couple of uh, random. <laughs> God. A couple of random flick chart rankings. I'm about to do the town. And the first one is American Beauty versus Kung Fu Panda. 
Well, to get uh, this man's opinion, <laughs> I'm actually really interested to hear what you say. Okay, I, this is yeah. going to be a tough one, and I'm still not sure. Um, I love Kung Fu Panda. I think it's an amazing film. It, there's an emotional element to it that very few other... <laughs> Seriously, we just lost Alvin. I know. I'm trying to, there's a, I'm trying there's, to listen to you here. There's an emotional element to it that I think very few other animated films have. Um, and it's it actually uses some of the ideas of kung fu better than most kung fu movies. Um, I, don't, I just even though it's just another talking animals movie, um, <laughs> I, I I actually I I, can't, I really don't like Jack Black, and even in this he was he was great. There there are moments in this that uh, that are as powerful as anything in Toy Story. Not the entire movie. I'm not saying this movie is as good as Toy Story 3. But there are moments that are as good as Toy Story 3. Mm. Um, but mm. the other problem is American Beauty is a great movie. Alan Ball is an amazing writer. Except for True Blood. Um, we just pretend that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I am struggling with this one a lot. Wow. This is easy for me because Kung Fu Panda is good. And I think it was, it's the beginning of DreamWorks moving up. Yeah. Of DreamWorks yes. really trying to If it wasn't for this, there wouldn't be no. Yeah. Wouldn't be no. <laughs> there wouldn't be a How to Train Your Dragon. No. no. That's true. Um, but I do not think it has this emotional depth that you keep talking about. I, th- I, think, I think that the fighting, <laughs> the fight cinematography is amazing. Yeah, it's so well orchestrated. Yeah. Um, and it, Definitely has a stronger arc versus a lot of animation that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it it's not. But and then then I look at American Beauty, which is besides the kind of silly, often mock scene of the plastic bag, the plastic floating. bag floating. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. Besides that, and some Sometimes there's so much beauty in the world. <laughs> I just can't yeah. take it. Some days I like that scene, I'm like, no. this is the best movie. And some days yeah. I'm like, that's a no. dumb scene. <laughs> like, cut that scene out. So I don't know. But it's, ah, oh, so much in that in American Beauty to like. One thing about Kung Fu Panda that I don't think most people give it credit for is that it's basically, the basic idea is it's that it's the outcast geek in high school mm-hmm. who ends up discovering that he's something more, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's a Spider-Man story, sure. right? Yeah. And it handles that idea better than most of those kind of movies. It handles that idea really, really well. In a way that anybody who was the outcast geek in high school can relate to. It. So, no, no, I, uh, I, I, I think I agree. I really enjoy it. I really like that element of it. And I can see where you can connect with that. I mean, I connect with that as well. Um, and if I were to rate this against uh, Kung Fu movies, this would actually be pretty up there. American made movies. I think, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. my opinions would change for non-American made movies. Um, in terms of animation, like I, I couldn't even put this in my top three for animation. It might be in the top five, maybe top ten. I'm not sure. But it's uh, but but it's, high, but it's still pretty high. It's I mean, yeah. I mean, this is yeah. a good. You know, it's a it's a very mm-hmm. good movie. Wow. But uh, but but going back to what Nate said, I mean, I think American Beauty is just perfect mm-hmm. for me. I mean. Uh, to be quite honest, when I saw American Beauty, that put Kevin Spacey in the map for me. Like, I did yeah. not know him before that. 
I mean, I had heard of Usual Suspects, had not seen it. Um, I wanted to see Usual Suspects after, beca yeah, because of this because movie. Of um, and then K-Pax, I wanted to see, like, everything, like, Kevin Spacey, like, I, I needed to see it, because he, he did such a great job in that movie. It's and still his best performance, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, overall, like, the, the, the cast was great, and, uh, you know, and, and even the back scene, when I first saw it, mm -hmm. I thought, I, I thought it was great, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it, and then people mocked it, and I cried, and, yeah. uh, but it was... It's, you know, it is a great scene, it's very mockable, Yeah. but mm -hmm. it is a great scene. Yeah. No, but the but the movie is it's like a perfect movie and 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 I'll even say now like at this point like having seen that a bunch of times seeing Kung Fu Panda a bunch of times I probably want to see Kung Fu Panda just because it's lighter and it's more entertaining but in terms of a perfect just a movie that really gives so much insight that's very deep very well acted very well produced like I have to say American Beauty is just a better movie. Yeah, my my attachment to American Beauty is more has to do with Alan Ball. Than because uh, I mean, six him. feet under, and it's just he's just incredible mm. screenwriter. Um, I don't know that. I don't think the movie as a whole holds together as well for me. But. This is these two movies are both in my personal top two fifty on the chart right now. So we're talking about two of my mm -hmm. you know all time favorites here. Basically, um, the thing with uh, Kung Fu Panda is I watched it. I had no desire to see it. Um, mm. I think a friend of mine had rented it, and uh, I had time, so I sat and I watched it. I was blown away. I couldn't believe the the, the level of filmmaking that had gone into it. I mean, the, the animation was beautiful. Yes, somebody did that. Yeah. Um, the the script was really really well written. Yes. Um, I was laughing a lot. I was really enjoying it. The characters are well, pretty well rounded. Yes. Um, and then on second viewing, uh, I started to appreciate it even more because I was like, man, these people must have like immersed themselves in kung fu movies because mm -hmm. there's so much kung fu, uh, like, what is it? Um, References, allusions. Yeah. Those. Mythos, maybe, yeah, maybe that's that's a good word. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they're they're playing with the conventions of kung fu movies, but they're also paying homage to kung fu movies. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of respect for the genre. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I, I think when we watched it again recently, I, I I noticed that even the opening sequence, the the style of the art, yeah, was an homage to Samurai Jack, which was yeah, really really cool. Really enjoyed mm -hmm. that. Um, and the action scenes are. For an animated film, an animated film or not non-animated, yeah. were so good. Yes. So everything about it is just so good. So um, American Beauty has depreciated slightly for me. I still don't know if I could put Kung Fu Panda above it. I, th I feel like Kung Fu Panda, I'm on a, a little bit of a, of a high yeah. with it, whereas American Beauty is one that has stuck with Trust me. Trust your high. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, these are both my top 250, yeah, so yeah. I mean... If I, if I was ranking these on my own list, it wouldn't be such a big deal because they're pretty close yeah. on my own list. But I'm probably going to go American Beauty on this just because it's, it's been around. It's stuck with me. I think I, like talking about Kung Fu Panda has reaffirmed my, <laughs> my like of it. Uh, so I would actually have to go with Kung Fu Panda. Okay. But, so 
It is sad because I really don't. I, I really love Kung Fu Panda so much. Yeah, I, I I hate to vote against it. Well, I don't American feel any beauty. emotional attachment. To it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost. I'm almost. You are a heartless. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> ogre. You're heartless, man. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do. We have time for one more. Uh, no. No, we do not. Okay, so that's the end of our flip chart segment. Um, if you have a flip chart account or you want to start one, you can uh, send us a friend request. We're incidental dog at flip chart. Uh, we also, I also would like to say, because I haven't said this in a couple weeks, um, there is an official podcast for flip chart, and that is Flip Bites, which there are links on the website for that uh, podcast. So check that one out too. Okay, and uh, here we are uh, looking forward to next week to see, uh, well, actually we're going to talk about what we're going to see. Uh, we actually haven't decided yet, uh, <laughs> and, and we are going to have a short discussion about what we want to see, and then hopefully by the time next week comes around, we will have chosen something. Uh, we'll probably have, dance off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we'll all see the same thing, so we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll also try to figure that out, uh, and, and perhaps dance off will solve that. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's start with Tom. Uh, what what are you interested in seeing next week? I think the one I'm most interested in seeing is Catfish, and that's only because not because I I'm not expecting it to be a great movie. It's it's more I know it's a discussion piece. And it's one of those, there's a lot of mystery around it. And I really want to see it before I start hearing things about it. Yeah. Um, that's it's, basically it. The only problem is uh, it's in limited release. I don't know if it's going to come to the area in time. Um, so I may have no choice in that. Or, uh, but, you know, there being a discussion and me not being part of it before. Sure. So. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those movies that seems like kind of like kind of like Paranormal kind of Activity. It depends on something at the end. Where, and if you find that out ahead of time, it may not be as, have as much impact. Or maybe I should have picked Devil because I know you're going to go. <laughs> well, why, why do you want to see Devil? I want to see Devil because I, I really appreciate it when an original horror movie comes out. Because so much of what Hollywood generates in terms mm-hmm. of horror is are retreads, remakes, sequels, and a lot of them are like slasher films. And mm-hmm. I really don't like slasher films, and you know, there's the torture porn trend, and I really hate that mm-hmm. in the slasher mm-hmm. films. Um, so when something like this, where there's a lot of psychological horror, there are no stars, um, I'd rather give my money to that and see an original uh, horror idea mm-hmm. presented to me. Now, I for the the reasons why you guys want to go see Catfish, I don't care. That kind of makes me not care. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm weird in that I can be told the ending of a movie, and it will have very little effect on me, um, even if it surprised me. I I really we watched Paranormal Activity the other day, and I I know the premise. I kind of know how it ended. Um, it still scared the crap out of me. You know, and it still really had a strong effect on me. So I don't. So there's a part of me that isn't that excited for catfish. Also, because I don't. Let's not talk about freaking possum. You need to tell the story of what happened with possum. Yeah. 
After I saw Paranormal Activity, I drove home. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was scared out of my mind. And I got to my house, and there was a possum. I didn't realize it was a possum. I was just kind of sitting on the porch, and it was like grinning. And if you've ever seen a possum grin, they have these like insanely long teeth. And you can just see their beady little eyes, and it just looks like it's sharp knives hanging from like fur floating in air. It's, it's a horrifying thing. And they don't move, and they just kind of sit there and they stare at you because they're trying to scare you. And they, they effectively do that. <laughs> no, they sit so there and stare because they're rock stupid and don't know what's going on half the time. So you can send your photos of possums <laughs> to incidental dogs. <laughs> email. I hate possums. Care of Nate. Possums are like a weird fear. Of, I have no problem. Like when I see them in the road, I'm like, wow. so I hate possums. But. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine just a horror movie around possums? They're scared. Would... You're the you're the villain in that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't realize it. You can be a revision wow. horror. Serial possum killer. Wow. It's me. It's like I am legend all over again. Wow. So tell us what you do want to see. Then. I I want to see buried, um, because that's an interesting concept to me, and I think Ryan Reynolds is a good actor, and I think that I haven't seen him. I've heard about some independent movies that he's done, and I haven't seen him in anything yet. Where he's not just working kind of his goofy charm. Um, so I want to see him in something that's going to push him. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just an interesting concept to have a guy buried for the entire film, basically. Um, and the other movie I want to see is I want to see Wall Street. Is it called Money Never Sleeps? Sure. Whatever the Wall Street calling. I'm just calling it Wall Street. I it is. Yeah, but I I want to see Wall Street because I really like the first one. The first one has an amazing performance from Michael Douglas. Just flat out amazing. It's a really important commentary on, obviously, on greed and Wall Street and money. Um, that was somewhat prophetic to what has happened now with Wall Street and with the banks. And Oliver Stone has now allowed Gordon Gecko to leave prison. It's actually interesting. This is about how long his prison term would have been. And so it's almost like this world has literally been going on around us. And so that fascinates me. That and the idea of allowing... I think it was to see Shia LaBeouf because he's a guy who had a lot of potential. And this is this is his chance for me. This is his chance. This this is an Oliver Stone movie. This is a dramatic movie. Yeah. This is no. not a thriller. They are kind of marketing it as a thriller with a motorcycle chase. But this is not a thriller. This is very much a political kind of drama. Hmm. And so I'm excited to see it um, for that. And Carrie Mulligan and Josh Brolin are in it. And I'm those a big Oliver definitely, Stone film fan. I definitely enjoy those two. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really looking forward to seeing Double um, or yeah, just I'm not I want to be able to sleep at night, and I want I, I would like to be there. Like uh, I would like to come home, <laughs> and uh, and catfish like you know again it's like more of the harder. So like maybe I can see myself seeing that, but that wouldn't be my top choice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I am actually interested in, in buried as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting concept, and I want to see what they do with that and where they take that. So that's definitely something that's uh, interesting to me. Uh, Wall Street, I was not interested in until I just heard from you that it's Oliver Stone doing it. Because when I first saw the previews, I was thinking they they showed like the entire movie. Like I <laughs> like I already know like everything's gonna happen. But because this is a, a more of a political commentary thing, um, 
on the state of the market. And, uh, that that's interesting to me. So now my interest is peaked a little bit uh, to see uh, what comes of it. So those two are definitely on my top two or top three that I would be interested in seeing for next week. And um, actually, I'm interested in seeing also the the Woody Allen movie coming out next week. The you will meet a tall dark stranger. Um, I hear a lot about Woody Allen movies. I haven't seen many of them. I've only seen a couple actually. So um, it would be nice to be able to see one. Um, plus, Naomi Watts is in it, and she's pretty. And Frida Pinto. And Frida Pinto, yeah. He always gets pretty. We should all just go to New York City. So yeah, those are those are the three that I would be interested in seeing next week. Well, I I want to see either Barry or Catfish, and that's because this is a. Both of those are style of movie that I really come to like, starting with mm-hmm. Blair Witch, um, Paranormal Activity, the sort of guerrilla style horror. Interesting word. Guerrilla, yeah, guerrilla horror. I don't know. Um, even uh, Descent is, although, yeah, I mean, that's that's the guerrilla style horror. I mean, it's all shot on, it's not shot on. The uh, shaky camera. Yeah, thank you. Um, and it, it it doesn't star anybody big, um, and I even though I really like Ryan Reynolds, I don't think I've seen him in a movie that I like. Uh, so I'm not <laughs> sure why, but uh, so I don't really you consider. Didn't like X from the Lost Stand. So I didn't. Uh, <laughs> he was in it. Well, uh, yeah, I don't consider him a big. No, he was in the Wolverine. So I don't consider him a big name yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Lantern will probably change that, but we'll see. Um, but both of these are movies, the style of movie I really like and enjoy. It has really grown a lot and mm-hmm. produced a lot of really well-made films, so... I'm looking forward to both of these. Um, yeah. So, anything else? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you can check us out at incidentaldog.com. Um, you can email us, Twitter at us, Facebook at us, all the various ways to get in contact with somebody these days. Um, if I might next time throw out Nate's phone number so you can call him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's Gmail. Yeah, incidentaldog at gmail.com. Don't send pictures of possums. Yes, possums. Preferably possums. Hissing. Yeah, hissing. Yes. So next week you can check us out, and we'll probably be reviewing one of the movies we've talked about. Or maybe not. Maybe something else. Just all of them. We should Twitter. We should Twitter and let people know. Yeah, we'll let you know sometime throughout the next week which one we're going to talk about. So fun. Hey, we there, care about all five. There are legions, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so check us out next week. I like mermaids.